Uh, life is uh, made up of battles. One battle after another, isn't it? And it uh, seems like we'll go for a while, and, and then it just sometimes seems like they're just, uh, they're just like uh, one right after another. Then we'll have a period in life that we don't have as many. Then we'll hit another little run of it. And here we are again, right back uh, where we started at. Amen. And so uh, I'm glad tonight that we've got the Lord to help us through all those battles. And he'll show up if we do our part. And so many times people uh, want God to show up, but they don't show up. Only when they want him to show up. And uh, uh, if we want God, and I can say this, if I don't preach nothing else tonight, I'd like for us to get this point. How many wants God to be faithful to you? i tell you how we do that. Be faithful to him. That's right. If you want your spouse to love you, you love them. That's right. You want them to be nice to you, you be nice to them. I mean, that's just a, that's a simple solution to a lot of problems in this world. Amen. And if we want God to be faithful to us, let's be faithful to God. Not just every now and then or periodically, but uh, whenever, no matter whether it's beautiful outside or on a stormy day of life, but still be faithful to God. And I appreciate the Lord. We're going to try to preach just for a little while, and Lord help us, and uh, um, you sort of uh, just pray for us that God would come by, and uh, we we had this over a week ago, and and things, and felt like it, that at the appointed time, the Lord would let us preach this, and uh, we want to read at the beginning in Matthew chapter 27. Starting about verse 1. <clears throat> if God would help us, I, you know, um, if, if I'm going to, anybody know what a professional loafer is? When I retire, I'm going to try that on, Charles, to see if I can't become one to some degree. You know, I like that early morning loafing at the, going over to the store and, drinking coffee with all the guys and listening to the latest, and we have solved more world problems early in the morning just loafing around the coffee pot and sitting at a table. Uh, but uh, just just sort of that loafing type thing. And uh, But anyhow, uh, I want to uh, just uh, preach something tonight if the Lord would just help us just for a little while. And... Uh, Again, uh, I, I don't go to the doctor's office to loaf. I only go when it's almost last thing. I don't even like going for a checkup. I just don't. Uh, if you work in the doctor's office like Barbara does, some of you do, uh, it's nothing wrong with that. I, I just, it's not a place I like to hang out. You know, if I'm going to hang out somewhere, I'll go down to my barn with the horses or, or, or I'll go sit on somebody's porch or, or something, but I'm not going to loaf there. But I go there with my problem, and I expect to get some help. And tonight, if you're here, I'm not the doctor, but I know, I know, I know the great physician. That's right. And if you've got a problem tonight, 
There's one here tonight can help you with your problem if you want help. But if you're like I am sometimes, you put it off like I did last year, I'd probably save myself uh, some worries if I went on to the doctor when Carol first told me, says, you got that spot on your neck. You need to get it checked out. Weeks and weeks went by, and uh, it got worse and worse. And then finally, sure enough, when I went to the doctor, uh, I was right on the verge of going too late. But it was by the mercies of God. Soon be a year. Soon be a year since I was diagnosed with that cancer. Could have already been gone. A lot of people don't live six months after it. And God spared me, and God blessed me. But uh, I went there with a the problem, and I needed help. And uh, so uh, if you're here tonight, you're at the right place, the right place to get help. But, but if you don't want help, you can sit in the lobby of the doctor's office, and whenever they call your name, just keep sitting there. You'll never get any help from the doctor. But if you'll just go by the receptionist, back to the little room, and uh, listen, let the doctor do the examination. And God will examine us. You know that, don't you? God will examine us from head to toe. He'll, he'll, he'll check us out inside and out. And if we'll listen to what he has to say and, and go back and go back home and do exactly what the great physician said, we'll get better. I believe that with all my heart. We'll, we'll get better. Praise God. But when the morning was come and all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death, and when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor, then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? Um, See thou to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. And the chief priests took the silver pieces and said, It is not lawful for to put them into the treasury, because it is the price of blood. And they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in, wherefore that field was called the field of blood unto this day. And as we look at this, uh, this story of, of Judas and his betrayal, how he betrayed the Lord, uh, innocent blood, and and because of 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 the deed that he had done, he reached a point that he was felt like that he could not live with himself any longer. His his burden, his sin, had mounted up above and beyond what he thought that he was able to bear. And in, in his betrayal, he, he comes back, and what does it say here? He said here, uh, he, and then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. He, he uh, 
he, he said, I'm sorry. The Bible said he repented. But it don't say that God granted him repentance or forgiveness, does it? There's people tonight in this world that repent. But if they're not careful, they go beyond, they go too far to repent. Repenting alone is not enough unless God hears it. Unless God grants that repentance and forgiveness of sin. But, but even going through his repentance, going through and bringing back that which he thought that he wanted, and he realized after he got it, Jim, he says, I don't want this. I don't want this. And I'm going to tell you what, it was too late. He had already committed the deeds. Too late to throw it down. And I wonder tonight how many people in the world thought that they wanted something. Once they got it, they realized that's not really what I wanted. Amen. Judas was enticed by that, by that wealth, by that amount of money, though it wasn't a great, great, great sum, but it was enough. But yet, he could have very well done different things with that. But to ease his conscience, he tried to repent. He tried to go back and thought, I'll cash down, let them take it. And yet, they rejected it to put it into the house of the Lord because it was blood money. And he said they went and took it and bought a field to bury strangers in. But after looking back and he realized that he had not gotten forgiveness, he realized that uh, he had wasted an opportunity to serve God, serve his son, Jesus Christ. The Bible said that the last end of him was simply this. He went out and committed suicide. You understand that? Amen. He had reached a point that he no longer felt like there was any hope. He felt like there's nothing to live for. He felt like my troubles has overwhelmed me and I can't live with myself. There's many of us in somewhere or another in the back of our families or some good friend of ours, somebody somewhere took their life for some reason. And I'm going to preach tonight, Lord, help us on spiritual suicide. Spiritual suicide. We have, a, uh, in Hebrews, there was a warning here in 10 and 35. He said, cast not away, therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. And somewhere or another, Men in this world do something with their confidence in life, their confidence in one another, 
their confidence within the workplace or our nation. And last of all, they lose confidence in God. We may lose confidence in one another. We may lose confidence in our president or our government. But when we lose confidence in God, we are headed toward a suicidal attack. I will not ask you for a show of hands. It would be too embarrassing. But I'm going to say tonight that there's been many a person here tonight that the enemy of your soul, when your troubles was overwhelming, when problems increased at such a, a high peak and level, don't tell me that there's not been a little bit of a thought come by. Just a little bit of it. You say, how much does it really take for the devil to get a hold of? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. How long would it take? Just as ever how long it takes to squeeze a trigger. That's all it takes, and that's a split second. That we can leave in this world and go out into the eternity and be lost forever and ever and ever. And so we find here that somehow or another that Judas had cast away his confidence. And tonight, I wonder tonight, is there anybody here tonight in this service? I feel the Holy Ghost. I wish we could just kick up our heels. We could just run and shout and all those things. And I like that. But I'm going to tell you what. You are in the great physician's waiting room tonight getting ready to see the doctor. Praise God. We're going to open the door in a little while to his office and let you come in. And if you get, get feeling real bad like I did a year ago uh, back in uh, no, this past November, I go into the emergency room. I'd woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning. I never had kidney stones. Uh, uh, I, I never didn't know what that was, but I do now. And boy, was I ever sick. I, I didn't know. It felt like something busted inside of me. And I got, the, more, the longer I waited, the worse I got. I cried. I prayed. I, I done everything but stand on my head. And I, I don't know, I may have got close to that. But I was trying to get some relief. Finally, Carol got me and, and took me to the emergency room. And I go and bless their hearts. I appreciate them for the work. But sometimes you don't have time to fill out all those papers and answer all those questions when you're in pain. She parked the car and I run in just as quick. And I'm leaning over like this, looking at that woman. I feel like I couldn't hardly get my breath. Got enough wind up and I said... I need to see a doctor. She said, well, sir, you're going to have to do it. Nice. You know, she had this uh, pre-recorded thing, I call it. They, you know how they always got that. But I like missing them. That they, they just run that little routine by. And they said, sir, you need to come around here and sit in this chair, and we're going to fill out and ask you some questions. Like, I didn't know nothing about doctoring. And that. Man, I, I know you had to answer questions, but I wasn't in no shape to answer no questions. I said, ma'am, let me tell you one thing right now. I said, if you don't get me some help here just a little bit, somebody's going to pick me up out of the floor. I don't know what she done. She hit a button. I don't want to. Wham, here they come and get me and grabbing me, rolling me back in there without fear. I said, my wife will fill out the papers when she gets in here. I didn't have time. And as soon as I went in there, and that doctor, just a second or two, he says, you got kidney stone. Boy, he giving me shots and all this 
stuff, and that didn't help. And finally, he gave me one that knocked me completely out. But I'm going to tell you one thing. I was needing help. I didn't have time to wait for them to send me down to Dr. Vernon's office or somewhere else. And tonight, if, if somewhere in this earth, before I ever get to open the door, and your problem gets so serious, and you ain't got time to answer the question, you don't have time to fill out the paperwork, I'm going to tell you what, bust right through. You're not going to bother me, praise God. We'll go right into the office with you. We'll follow you all the way back to the lab. We'll be right there with you, praise God. Just however, but if you've got a problem tonight, don't wait to the altar service to do it. This altar is open right now. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Lost his confidence. Amen. Galatians 6 and 7 and 8. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall uh, of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Uh, uh, tonight, I want to tell you one thing. This scripture is as true as any scripture in the Word of God. You know tonight why some people do the things that they've done? It's simply because in their life they have mocked God by the way they've lived and the things they've done and the attitudes and the, their whole life as a whole. They have mocked God with that. But I'm going to tell you tonight, Christian people don't go around a sinning all the time. Christian people seek to please God. Christian people want to do whatever the will of God is, not the will of flesh. But he said, but if we sow to the flesh, if we sow in this world, we sow to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the lust of, uh, of our hearts, the design other things. And I'm not talking about uh, just a, a ungodly lust of love towards somebody. I'm talking about a desire for something that God's not happy with at the point in time that we're desiring that. Praise God. But when we begin to do that, he said we begin to sow. You wonder sometimes tonight, you know why some of them have ended up where they've ended up? It is simply because the seeds they have sown. Give me some water. Praise God. I feel like I'm a preaching a two-fold message. I feel like tonight, no doubt, you may be here, and, and, and I'm not saying because of just what I think I know, but I'm going to tell you tonight, you may be here and you might be a thinking about it. And there's those here tonight that no doubt you're on the verge of committing spiritual suicide. Never to return back to God. I've told it so many times and I'm going to tell it again tonight. I don't know if it would actually be the case, but I watched a person one Sunday morning, many of you all were here, come right in here about three and a half, four feet over this altar, knelt and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, trying to get a hold of God, trying to feel, feel that spirit that one time would about make him about to beat the back of the seed off, squall out, hoop and holler, back a preacher, live a good, clean, holy life, pleasing to God. And he prayed and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed and people prayed with him, but he did not get through he got up from that altar and he stepped back and he looked down at that altar 
like 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 it, uh, uh, he had reached a point that he couldn't go no farther and just shook his head. He just shook his head. You know what he was shaking his head about? I can't feel God. I'm a praying, I'm a seeking, I'm a doing everything that I can, but I can't feel that tug of God on my heart. Amen. And it was as if somebody died that day. I don't know if it was his last chance. I don't know what the circumstances were. Maybe God will open a door for him somewhere or another in the future. But he don't have to because he already opened it once for him. And he came in and fellowship with God. And God fellowship with him. But somewhere or another, by the trickery of the devil, and the devil's sub being very subtle he lost his confidence in living for God other things got their eye be not deceived for God is not mocked for whatsoever a man sows he's going to reap if we sow to the flesh we shall we will it's a promise we are going to reap what corruption but if we sold to the Spirit and we live for God, we acknowledge Him in everything that we do. We make every effort to please God. We, we go to church. We pray. We hold our confidence in God, in God's people, and what God can do for us. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to reap everlasting life. Amen. Because God is not mine. I read a few statistics, and I'm not big on them, but just give you a couple or so. I read where in the United States that the increase of suicide has, has risen uh, since our economy has went downhill. There was those men during the Great Depression that were businessmen that lost 